0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled dot lcom slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com your daily morning podcast updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league here's your host Scott
2: Chu. Yo everybody, welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. My name is Scott Chu. Today is August 11th. It's a Thursday. We're going to talk about some baseball. We'll get to the injuries and transactions first. Julio Rodriguez continues to progress well and will likely be activated tomorrow, Friday. So get real excited about that. Orlando Arcia hit the IL due to an injured hamstring, which led to the call up of Atlanta's top minor league prospect, Vaughn Grissom. More on him in a bit. Elias Diaz, a popular streaming catcher this week, because he's up in cores, hurt his hand while swinging the bat, and he's likely to get an MRI. He may miss some time. You may need to look for another catcher for the rest of the week. Michael Waka is going to be recalled on Sunday to face the Yankees, which, uh, you know, that's a terrible place to go for a guy that's probably not good enough to deal with it. So just letting you know, if you haven't heard yet, Lance McCullers will be activated on Saturday against the A's and he really should be activated everywhere for it for fantasy purposes. McCullers hasn't been stellar in his minor league outings though, giving up 16 hits and 10 earned runs in 13.1 innings, though it is also worth noting that he struck out 13. Ian Anderson is also likely to be recalled on Saturday. He'll face the Marlins, that's something you can probably get excited about, and for those waiting on Dustin May, He's likely to make one more rehab start on Sunday before being activated in the latter half of next week, which lines him up to probably face the Marlins as well. Unlike McCullers, though, Dustin May has been lights out in the minors, post- posting a 1.69 ERA and 0.94 whip in five starts so far with 26 strikeouts in just 16 innings. Dustin May's also worked his way up to five innings in a start. So my guess is that he's going to try to go six this Sunday. Bryce Harper remains behind schedule on his thumb in recent reports and hasn't even been able to face live pitching yet. Until he does, we're not really going to get a clear look at when he'll be back. David Bednar is still about a week away from starting to throw, which is when we'd get a more definite timeline for his return. So, you can keep holding on to Will Crow, though more about the Pirates' bullpen in just a little bit. Joey Bart, who'd been hitting 289 and slugging 469 since the break, has a sprained ankle. He was available on an emergency basis, but a trip to the IL may be in Store. Jack Flaherty now has two rehab games under his belt and has allowed just a single hit, a home run, in seven innings of work while striking out nine. He'll likely be activated before the end of the month. And then Wander Franco could start taking batting practice this weekend, which will give us a much better look on when he may return. And then if you missed it, Kyle Lewis, who we hoped would show off some power and speed, has been sent down to the minors in favor of Dylan Moore, who is activated off the IL. Did steal a base yesterday, and we're hoping he can show some power and speed, but he's not really a factor in 10 and 12 As far as hitting performances from yesterday, I'll start with Leody Tavares. He went two for four with a double, a triple, a run scored, and five RBI. Tavares had been slumping terribly since the break. And the two extra base knocks today yesterday were as many as he'd had in the prior 75 plate appearances combined. Tavares' aggressive approach leads to extended hot and cold spells for him, and maybe this is the start of another heater if you want to look at it positive. Vaughn Grissom, as I talked about before, of Atlanta, he went 2-for-4 with a home run, 2-run score, 2 RBI, and a stolen base. The combo meal debut is a nice touch for a guy who may be fantasy-relevant for his power and speed. I hate that Grissom is likely to hit ninth in this lineup and that Arcia could be back in about 2-3 to weeks, but until then, Von Grissom is worth a look as a fourth or fifth outfielder in formats that need that many outfielders. Due to that power-speed blend, that said, temper your expectations. As Grissom didn't even have a hundred Double A plate appearances under his belt, and it's hard to make that kind of transition, that kind of dramatic transition, smoothly into the major leagues. Kyle Isbell, a rookie who's been struggling a bit this season for the Kansas City Royals, went two for four with a double, two-run score, two RBI, and a stolen base. And over his last five starts. The rookie Isbell is hitting 412 and slugging 941 in his last five games, of course, with five extra base hits and a stolen base. He's also striking out a lot, nearly 40% of the time, but he's hot. And those in dynasty formats are allowed to get a tiny bit excited about it. Brandon Drury, the other guy the Padres traded for, he went two for five with a home run, two run score, and four RBI. He's slowed down a bit since joining the Padres, which maybe has a little to do with leaving Great American Ballpark, but more likely it's just Drury's natural ebb and flow. I'm not too worried about him, but it is worth noting he has been a little bit slower. J.D. Davis of the now San Francisco Giants, Went three for four with a home run and two runs scored. He's striking out too much, but J.D. Davis is getting hits as a member of the Giants and he's getting playing time, making him a streamable third baseman if you're desperate, but he's probably better deployed as a streaming corner infielder. And Daniel Vogelbach, now of the Mets, he went two for five with a double, a run scored and three RBI. And Vogelbach is certainly hot right now and worth a stream until he cools off. I'm not saying that Vogelbach doesn't look like a better player than the Vogelbach of years past, because he does. I'm just saying it may not last forever based on his history, so if you want to get a piece of this action of Daniel Vogelbach, you should probably act swiftly, it could fall out at any time. His play discipline really comes and goes, particularly the strikeout rate. He'll always walk a lot, but the strikeout rates could become untenable, so really keep an eye on that. Starting pitching performances from yesterday, Justin Steele went against the Nats. He got six innings pitched, two earned runs, eight hits, no walks though, and nine strikeouts. He's an okay pitcher, really just taking advantage of soft matchups, and Justin Steele will get these Nationals again his next time out. Keep rolling him out there, but keep in mind that a lot of his recent success is likely matchup. Tukey Toussaint. Yes, Tukey. Toussaint is back with the LA Angels. He went against the A's. He got a no decision on five innings pitch, no earned runs, just two hits, two walks, and six strikeouts. The command was great, and it was more than good enough to beat a bad A's offense, but it may not be enough when he faces the Mariners next time out. So I'm really going to be watching for that start before I make a lot of moves in 12-teamers. Kyle Wright of Atlanta, he went against the Red Sox. He got the win on six innings pitched, one earned run, six hits, one walk, and five strikeouts. The results were good, but the fastball was two and a half ticks below where he sat this season, so that's obviously of concern. I'm going to be keeping a close eye on that. Robbie Ray of the Mariners went against the Yankees, and he got a no decision on 6.1 innings pitched, two earned runs, three hits, five walks, and seven strikeouts. And really the issue here is that Robbie Ray had no command of his four-seamer. So when you think about it that way, this was a very positive result considering the circumstances. Jose Quintana of the Cardinals, he was in Colorado, It didn't even matter. He got the win on six innings pitch, two earned runs, seven hits, two walks, and six strikeouts. His command and approach remain stellar, so expect good things in his rematch with these same Rockies. In Missouri next week, I think he can be even better than what he showed here. Uh, But again, it's all about the fact that that approaching command are stellar. That's something veterans can do. It just if it falls apart, he could become very hittable very fast. Noah Sindergaard of the Phillies, he went against the Miami Marlins. He got a no decision on six innings pitch, two earned runs, six hits, two walks, and four strikeouts. Until the command improves, this might actually be close to the upside for Thor right now. He just does not have that that art of pitching, as uh, the Tigers broadcast would say. It's just not there. Um, Jim Price would probably abscond him for that, but uh, that's just what's going on with Syndergaard right now. Just not a lot of command, not a lot of art of pitching. So Jeffrey Springs of the Rays, he went against the Brewers. He went five innings pitch with two earned runs, four hits, two walks, and eight strikeouts, 16 whiffs in this one. The command and the changeup for Jeffrey Springs were locked in against these Brewers. That's exciting news, though maybe not exciting enough for me to be happy about starting Springs against his next opponent, which is the Yankees next week. Aaron Savale. Of the Guardians, he went against the Tigers. He went four innings pitch, two earned runs, three hits, no walks, and four strikeouts. The Guardians are being very slow and methodical with Savale's return, which suggests he should get closer to 75 to 80 pitches in his next start, which would be more than enough to get a quality start against the Tigers next time out. Yeah, he'll get the Tigers again, and he's right-handed which means it's an automatic start in pretty much every format. Nestor Cortez of the Yankees, he went against those Mariners. He had a quality start, but just barely. He had six innings pitch, three earned runs, three hits, one walk, but 10 strikeouts and 18 whiffs. And really here, it was three things all working together. Yes, Nestor Cortez has deception, but also his command and velocity were, right at, were top-notch for him, and all three of those things working together will lead to a lot of strikeouts. I love seeing it, so really exciting to see him do that against a decent Mariners offense. And then Nick Pavetta, he got the loss against Atlanta. He went six innings pitched with three three earned runs, five hits, two walks, and five strikeouts. This result was fine. I just wanted to point out that this is not a sign of improvement. This is just within the very reasonable range of outcomes for Nick Pavetta. He's going to remain a very volatile starter probably for the rest of the season because his command is just too in it. As far as relief pitching performances from yesterday, Emmanuel Klaas now has three saves in four days. He continues to be an elite closer. A little more on the Guardians bullpen in just a bit. Paul Sawald also continues to impress as he notched a clean eight-pitch save after teammate Diego Castillo got a 13-pitch hold in his return from the IL. Of course, Paul Sawald is locked in as that closer and anyone who took a chance on him earlier in the season must be pretty happy about it. Colin Poche got another blown save as that rising fastball of his is not quite getting located where it needs to be if you've been holding Colin Poche anywhere as a potential saves guy you might be able to drop him he'd been a little better lately but he's really only viable in save and hold leagues And even then, he's probably pretty replaceable. And then Roman Wick locked down his second save in three days, giving him three good decisions in his last three appearances. Look, the Cubs aren't good, but closers can still perform quite well on bad teams as any wins the Cubs get are probably going to be the type that qualify for a save. Now, before we get any further, we'll take a quick break and we will be back right after. Hey,
1: Alex Fast here. And thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a P.O. Plus subscription where you're going to get an ad-free win. Website And get access to our Discord where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcherless community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at pitcherless.com backslash plus and you're going to get your first month free with promo code
2: this and we are back just in time to go to our guy mark with the weather mark take it away thank you very much
1: well looks like today should be quieter weather wise with the headache from baltimore fresh in our mind from yesterday the only game is an afternoon game that could have some rain and this is going to be the cardinals at the rockies as they finish up their three-game series Looks like some scattered showers and thunderstorms, mainly west of Denver, but some could drift off the mountains and cause a little bit of a problem, but I'm not expecting to postpone it.
2: Anyways, I'll talk to you tomorrow, and good luck. Thanks. Thank you, Mark. We appreciate that input, as always. As far as pitching streamers for the day ahead, Edward? Cabrera's command was not great in his first game back, but the stuff is so nasty he can probably get away with it against the Phillies. Zach Plesac is right-handed and facing the Tigers, so as I said earlier, that's an automatic stream. And then young Nick Lodolo has been erratic at times, but the Cubs are a vulnerable team, and I think he can take advantage of that. As far as vulture save opportunities, David Robertson is more likely to get the call than usual with Sir Anthony Dominguez during two consecutive days and getting two consecutive saves. He's probably going to get a day of rest, so if the Phillies need him, David Robertson will be there. I mentioned Will Crow earlier in the show, but he needed 25 pitches to get a hold yesterday and through and now has 30 pitches in his last two games. So look for Yeri De Los Santos to get a save if there's one for the taking for the Pirates. And Emmanuel Kloss and James Karinczak have had heavy workloads the last few days, leaving Trevor Stefan as the likely closer today if needed for the Guardians against the Tigers. Hitting guys I'm looking for, Rockies are always good streamers, but especially when they face a luck-driven guy like Dakota Hudson, there isn't a lot of good luck for pitchers up in those mountains, so I think the Rockies could absolutely annihilate him. I'll take both righties and lefties in that one. And then the Reds face Drew Smiley, who isn't known for his consistency, of course, so righties like Jonathan India, Nick Senzel, and Kyle Farmer all make for good streamers. As a scrappy infielder, Donovan Solano, who's riding a seven game on base streak and hitting in the heart of the order, usually around fifth. So with that, that is all the show I've got for you today. Thank you so much for listening. Please check out the stuff on the site. The hitter list is up. I put it up last night at about nine o'clock. We've also got, of course, the batter's box. We've got the SP roundup. We've got everything you want to win fantasy baseball leagues. And now is the time to get ahead. As many league mates of yours have probably shifted over to football. This is where you can get even more points than you thought you could in Roto or to get more wins in categories in head-to-head leagues. This is the time to strike, so please check out the stuff on the site to make sure you can do that. And with that, have a great rest of your day. Again, my name is Scott Chu. You can find me on Twitter at IfTheChuFits, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.